episode for tonight. Hope you're good, I hope you're fine. We'll keep this light, we'll keep this fun. Unlike the previous one. We hope to make you laugh a lot. It might help if you smoke some pot. And if you like, have some wine. But sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 49. This is episode 49. Rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on Instagram at yellowpackaging604. And you can listen to us wherever and wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Yellow Packaging by Jesslyn and Coltec. For two Asians born and raised in Vancouver, living our lives through the perspective of a growing minority. Our podcast is about nothing, about something, and about everything. We talk about issues going on in our lives, our city, and how that relates back to our place in a Western society. So sit back, listen up, and get a new view on what it's like. And get a new view on what it's like to live in Vancouver. To live in Vancouver. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello. How goes it? It goes. Well, All right. Welcome to, to almost end of April. Yeah. <laughs> also Earth Day today, so happy, happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. Happy Mother Earth. Um, Earth Day being on April 22nd. Um, this will probably release a bit later, but, you know, it's Earth Day today when we're recording. It should be Earth Day every day. Yeah. Take care technically. of this same, same with, like, any other... Yeah, kind of Mother's Day is Mother's Day, day. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Father's, Father's day, day can just stay with one day. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it always seems like Mother's Day is a bigger deal than Father's Day, though. Yeah. It, did fathers carry babies yeah, did they in e- their bodies? Eject a human being out of their, their private parts? No, no father <laughs> has. Unless it's like transgendered yeah, father, then yes, I've seen that they've done that. So I wonder if like we ever get to the point where men can give birth to babies if they would sign themselves up for it okay so like a junior situation i don't know what junior is um arnold schwarzenegger where he has a baby really you don't know this movie (laughs) it's like an early 90s movie i'm I'm really young i don't know if you know that so it's like way before my time so young yeah okay (laughs) but did he actually give birth though yeah he went to the classes and everything so how did he give birth I don't know. Came out his butthole. Yeah, I have exactly. no idea. A, like, but he was pushing and everything. Oh like this, this poster not ridiculous. I need to like Google this just to see how they justified him giving birth, unless he was transgender. Oh, you know what? They never talked about him being transgender. But you know, the '90s came out with like <laughs> really of... strange <laughs> movies. <laughs> totally. You're right. You're so young. This came out in '94. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so old. You are. Jeez. I was. Uh, driving and doing drugs when this movie came out i'm so old yeah i mean a lot has changed since, since 1994 <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> that's what like almost 30 years ago now yeah damn like you could you can smoke weed now out on the streets no yeah. problem you can buy weed from stores like weed is cool there's like really cool shops yeah um, and they're infused in drinks now yeah, what exactly. was that when you cbd yeah the cbd drinks um those are awesome. Yeah, there's like different types of strains that you can get yeah. now. Back then, I think weed was just weed, right? Like maybe you had your sativa and indicas, but... Yeah, no, that's why I think when people talk about weed back then yeah. to now, like this is a different breed. Totally. I mean, I think it's great like that they've decriminalized it and they made it like legal for people. It's like a it's like a recreational drug now that you can... It's no different Smoke than like... Smoke with your mom, your grandma. <laughs> exactly. Ain't that the truth? Um 
one thing that I always wondered too was like, wine is like such a common thing now. Like everybody drinks wine, like wine, not trendy per se, but it's just like, it's just, it's just like drinking beer. It's just like a common thing now. Yeah. But fast forward to now, like in 2021, like craft beer is a huge thing. You have so many different kinds of like beer. ciders, yeah, too. ciders as well. It's like people, there's, there's an, there's an art to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Same with wine, like organic wines is a huge thing right now. That's, that's booming and like trending. But back then in the 90s, like, was wine trendy? Not what Did wine have as much options as we do now? Like, I never, obviously, I didn't drink wine, right? Oh, we weren't even born yeah, then. I wasn't even born then, so yeah. I didn't even know. But, like, but was wine just more of a luxury item back then? And now we've commodified it in 2021? Yeah, no, I, I wonder. Who could we talk to? Who's super fucking old that we exactly. can talk to? Like, my family didn't really drink, yeah. so... Maybe you can talk to your family. Yeah. They were drinkers. They were, but they they were more like spirits, not so much wine. So that's why I'm like, Mm. I wonder what the wine situation was like back then. Anyways, same with coffee. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Coffee is a different breed. Even I find myself being like, oh, this is nasty (laughs) or whatever. Totally. It's like, I think it's great that we have so much to choose from. But yeah, I wonder if like we just weren't privy to it back then. But there was actually a lot to choose from back then. So our family, we grew up with like Folgers. Yeah, exactly. And like, what's the other one? Maxwell. Yeah. An instant coffee. Is it Nestle? No, Nescafe? No. What's the instant? Yeah, that's Nescafe. It's yeah. an instant one. Yeah. Yeah. Folgers also had a, a instant, instant one. Yeah. It was like had crystals in it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was exactly. like their gimmick. Totally. It's it's interesting though how we've evolved to to more like evolved for the better way where we're not eating as much processed food anymore yeah. you know, and there's this huge i feel like we talked about this before but it's just like yeah. the 90s and and 90s and actually everything beforehand it was all about like convenience um microwave yeah uh, like quick like process yeah. yeah exactly like i remember like after school it's like pizza pops pizza bagels yeah. you know chicken strips process this process that yeah, like you know what I mean you can stick in the microwave like craft dinner all that stuff right but I feel like nowadays like there's been this huge switch to like I think the 90s opened that up there's like that new age hippie yeah that came out I think is like not came out but like awareness trend that came that yeah. was around that time it was like the late I wouldn't even say I think say it was like more mid 90s I don't late. even think so like the only reason I say that is I watch a documentary and this is like years ago about this man who filmed weddings yeah. in the 80s and 90s so he focused on the 90s yeah and then in the 2000s like right. in 2010-ish he yeah. revisited some of those marriages Mm -hmm. the weddings and one couple was this new age one who didn't really have a wedding yeah but they were all about like natural organic like where is it from yeah that sort of thing and they were like called the new age yeah couple totally i guess so then but the new age back then was niche right it was kind of like this a small small group and they're very like spiritual in tune with themselves and nature totally but i feel like the whole kick like with like all organic all natural all that stuff really didn't start taking place until like the mid 2000s i mean it's weird for you even to say that mid 2000s like it's 2021 now so like i think like 2010 even like okay yeah i can see that or maybe about the whole y2k like after once the 2000s hit i feel like we saw this huge yeah 
Because documentaries came out, books came out, like Food Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That was one I read yeah. that haunted me. It's just interesting to see how we've evolved like from that to this. I mean, people are still obviously really into processed foods, yeah. but I think it's viewed a bit differently nowadays. Like there's a bit more of a... Like in moderation. Yeah, in moderation. Not like people every can... after school snack is going to be a pizza pocket. Yeah, and there's like a kind of negative connotation now to those kinds of foods, like fast food, yeah. junk food, you know, processed food. I mean, I guess in like first world societies like where we're living in, there definitely is more of a negative connotation to that reputation oh no i totally feel the same like sugar stuff like i always tell them like oh this one doesn't have sugar in it it's a it's a natural it's my it's maple syrup totally or something when i'm like sharing food or yeah talking about what east is eating and it's for i mean it's for the better right i mean like we're it's great that we're we haven't gone worse into processed foods you know what i mean i hope not we stepped out of it but i think definitely with the introduction of social media and just our our access to different information hubs it's like we're more educated to make choices whereas before now there's options too. yeah exactly and people have to work harder to like sell things to us now you know what i mean like think like music alone has totally been so easily accessible now you know what i mean i remember like back then like if you want to listen to a song you have to watch much music or mtv or record it yeah or request it on the radio and yeah. then record it on your tape it's like yeah top six at six yeah now i open an app and just search it and boom i got it but the back side or the flip side to that is now like finding good music yeah exactly so there's like, so much you're relying on say spotify yeah. radar release yeah. to like show you it's like we went from like one extreme to the other yeah i kind of miss the hunt like you go to hmv or virgin yeah. and then you listen and then you decide if you want it and plus like music back then was an investment like yeah. you had to make sure this is for sure you're gonna listen to this exactly. one is this enough tracks that you're gonna exactly. like on this yeah because this is thirty dollars coming yeah. out of your account yeah and i think like to play devil's advocate to that is that because people had to invest their money in it they weren't as open to listening to new artists yeah whereas now it's like you don't have to invest twenty dollars which back then was a lot of money right yeah. to buy a cd you can just like, discover new artists and not have to pay twenty dollars okay to- the flip side to that <laughs> is like there is like a community a conversation that happens with music yeah. that like you're always sharing like yeah. i'd go to virgin and be like oh you like this album you're gonna yeah, like this exactly. one so here's an introduction totally. listen to this or like h&b i had a friend there I'd be like oh this is garbage yeah. you want this if you want r&b this is where you go totally so you're missing that the conversations yeah the yeah, conversation the recommendation. the recommendation it's kind of like you know that high fidelity vibe yeah when totally. they're like that's fucking shit like it's <laughs> yeah, so totally. no it came from this it's inspired by this now we're forgetting like where a lot yeah. of that is coming from we've commodified it to a very extreme i mean i think yeah. that kind of sums up everything about the hrn right now like everything is so commodified and like not fast fashion but like fast fashion type you know what i mean yeah and things like musicians for the most part a lot i think it's a lot easier for yeah. them to be like popular totally you have to be super good looking yeah. um have a, like a really strong like social media account right tiktoks whatever else there is um instagram and then boom you're on snl yeah like i didn't know who dua yeah and then i was like oh she's okay yeah she was on snl and Mm -hmm. i was like oh i kind of recognize that song from like discover weekly yeah i was like all right yeah it's pros and cons everything right i think things are more disposable now as well yeah we go through music a lot more quickly whereas we don't listen to one album over and over and over again yeah i kind of miss that yeah there is find myself going back to like that stuff anyways on my own 
Yeah, the nostalgia of it, right? Yeah. Definitely. I think that that is the age we're in right now, where everything's so commodified and disposable. Like, dating has been turned into this commodified oh, yeah, that thing, one, right? For like, sure. So there's plenty of fish. Like, is that something... Is that a joke now? Like, is that for old people? I don't know, actually. I haven't checked out OkCupid, Plenty of Fish. I think those yeah, are, like, those kind of old Yeah, those ones are old, old yeah. yeah. Remember, people used to meet on Craigslist, yeah. too. I mean... Well, I know a couple that are still together that met on Craigslist. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. like misconnections and all that stuff oh I, I like that yeah. I used to read that some of pretty funny I mean I think everybody's just looking out to see like if they were oh, was I wearing red yeah, that day totally. at that bus stop I was not I don't ever shared this story but I had like a, I thought I had a misconnection yes. uh, when, when I used to commute um, from Surrey to North Van and I thought I had this misconnection with the guy so I, I posted it on the misconnection oh Craigslist. crazy yes somebody messaged me and like hey I think I was that guy oh my god and then I was like were you wearing this this and this like I kind of gave some like validating questions right and he's like, oh, no, sorry, that wasn't me. I was like, oh, I guess it maybe wasn't that. He's like, that's okay. And he's like, but I'd still like to talk to you. He's like, I think he asked me, what do you look like? And I was like, oh, I'm like this age. I'm Asian and whatever. He's like, oh, sorry, I'm not into Asians. And then... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, whoa, rude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like... Did you even have happens. to go there? Yeah. I thought this was going to turn into a scary story no. where he like lured you to the home and it was like a scary home. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's rude, too, though. Totally. I hate so. that. Yeah, I mean, welcome to... Yeah, no. But that I... was so long ago it's been happening yeah i've normalized it essentially grinder did this thing where they actually called that stuff out and there was this huge backlash because of it saying that it's not it's not racism it's just a preference it sounds racist to me it is racist though for the person who is on the receiving end of that it's totally racist racist. yeah but but the person's like yo i just don't like you yeah slanty-eyed man no thank you yeah that's so rude i hate that guy yeah hate all the guys (laughs) and girls who say that totally so i was reading too online what's his name he's like canadian he's gonna be the next sumi simu lu simu lu yeah and I was seeing how people were like, how is he a superhero? He's like not even good looking. And I was Legit? like, that's so rude. Yeah, it was on Instagram. I'll have to find it again. Then I saw um, other posts. Yeah. And it was like, how is he not? And it, he like checks all the boxes. Yeah. He's, got, he's tall, dark hair. Totally. Hot body. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think he's good looking too. Yeah. But I don't like Asians. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind. Like that's the thing, right? It's like I think a lot of the time I feel like I need to defend stuff like that or like justify. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't want to take on that responsibility of having to convince people to like Asians. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like the onus is on you to recognize your own discrimination. And this goes beyond just like gay people or whatever not being into Asians. It's like in general, it's like I don't have to explain to you what anti-Asian hate is. I don't have to explain to you yeah. why you're being racist right now. You should know. If I call you out, that's one thing, but I don't have to explain to you why I'm calling you out. Yeah. You should know. I think that needs the onus is on the on the white supremacist yeah. who's doing it. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I've so. had I've called people out and it has never ended well. No, for sure. Like it's, I'm not even friends with them. I yeah. thought we we're in a place where we were comfortable yeah. and then it was not. I think it's just people get really defensive, right? Well, about- it's a strong accusation totally but i think it's like if people learn to be more open to hearing other people's side of the story yeah they wouldn't feel as offended or attacked being called so then out. where do they even go to start looking like actually that's not me there's google yeah, you go exactly. do it it's like let's tell some people no yeah. no 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 that's exactly it i it's like, I don't want to also explain. Totally. And I think that's what I'm learning a lot about through like social media and all like people that I follow. So like the onus isn't on the Asian to, to explain to people why 
why. And same with Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's not on the victims to explain why they are the victims. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like educate yourself. There's tons of resources out there. No, it's true. And especially now, there's so many places. Yeah, And exactly. Google is a great start. But I don't, I know I mentioned this before, Corinne, like I don't want to go too deep into all the anti-Asian hate stuff going on. Oh yeah, me on. too. I also, also don't want to go COVID either. Yeah, exactly. And all that stuff. So like my song said, yeah. light, fun, we're going to laugh a lot. Exactly. Another thing that I, I don't know, did you ever watch Kim's Convenience? Uh, maybe a few episodes. Yeah. So Kim's Convenience is like a show made by CBC. It's based, I think, a Korean family that owns, owns like a, a corner store. A corner store. They were canceled just randomly. Yeah, I saw that. And it's not clear on why, but to be honest, that the reason why I bring that up is because that show, among many other Asian family shows, it's like they do something that I really hate, which is the Absolute, fake accents. Yeah, I think it's hard for me to watch that when I hear that. Yeah, like, totally. same with Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, like, I couldn't watch it. Boo, that accent. I didn't understand why they felt they needed, to, and I feel like I've talked about this before too, but it's like the whole need for a fake accent it's like how does that make that any more authentic i think it's more for the white viewer yeah they feel like that makes sense to them and if they spoke proper no accent that would like trip them out yeah they're like what (laughs) asian people sound like that's so crazy they sound like us yeah totally i feel like that's so outdated you know what i mean especially in today's day and age it's like you don't need an accent unless you have an accent you know what i mean the moment i hear a fake accent like that i just tune out because it's like not representative or authentic at all in any way well it is what it is it is what it is exactly so it's been a pretty amazing past couple weeks i'd say like our weather felt like summer and the one thing i really love about like the weather that we're having right now with the summer kind of feelings is that the evenings are so amazing because our days last so much longer so like yeah by like 8 30 it we're just getting the sunset you know what i mean yeah i've been like biking a bit just trying to absorb as much sunshine as possible that's great yeah and then one thing that I've noticed is like the smell of summer. I don't oh, know, I know if that, that makes smell. sense. I but know that it's like, smell. It's a combination of things. You can smell barbecues. You can smell grass. You can it's smell like... the like, pavement. Yeah, the pavement. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just That's something. like the outside smell. So when you've been outside for so long and then you come in, you're like, oh, I smell like outside. That's <laughs> yeah. like summer smell. Totally. Exactly. It's just the air has a certain je ne sais quoi about mm, it. It's I think amazing. my hair... Has outside smell in Yeah. It. So anyways, outside. my my boyfriend's back for a bit. He, he'll just be here, you know, just checking it out, but he'll be back in a couple months. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he leaves tomorrow. He leaves tomorrow, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then your ex-boyfriend, Rain and Gloom, <laughs> yeah, is going to exactly. show up. Don't exes always show up at the worst times? That fuck boy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, speaking of butt boys, yeah. <laughs> um, I read this book by Matt Ortelay. Who's Matt Ortelay? So he is a writer. Okay. Um, also, he I think he's an editor for a publishing company as well. Okay. And he writes for Condé Nast, and he came up with a book last year called The Husband Will Keep His Name. Okay. So I just found it. It was on... Uh, Vancouver Public Library, you can mm-hmm. borrow it. And mm-hmm. I was just reading on the Kobo. So as I'm, as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh my God, this got Colton and him should hook <laughs> up. Like they should link up. This should happen. And then I got further into it. He's like, oh, he's kind of a hoe. <laughs> oh, but I think you still like him. I think he's so great. Like his humor, he's handsome. Yeah. And like everything about him, I just think he's perfect. So what's the book about? Oh, okay. The book is about, okay, it's uh, him it's about his life so it's a memoir? and his journey. I guess it's a memoir because it's only the, the snippet of him um, moving to Las Vegas okay. from the Philippines at age, uh, I think it was around 12. Wow. Okay. And, uh, or 12 or 13, like around there. And he knew right away he had to like get rid of his Filipino accent, 
speak English only pass as like an American born man. Yeah, like come across as whitewashed. Yeah, yeah. totally. So then he just talks about his journey mm-hmm. and then how his like model minority, that model fit for him. Mm-hmm. So he pushed that on right away. And also he pretended just I don't want to ruin everything. So I'll just give you like a very light version of it. Yeah. And then he talks about him going to school, mm-hmm. um, exploring his sexuality. He also talks about like a little bit of Philip Filipino history, decolonization, or colonization, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how he tries so hard now to like decolonize like these views and stuff, blah, 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 his dating life, which is really fun. And he's just so fun and interesting. Like Mm -hmm. you kind of want to be at his parties. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's just like a really interesting journey. It's such an easy read because you want to keep reading. Right. A guilty pleasure almost, right? It's like a voyeuristic look into somebody's life. He does get like pretty intimate and some like details. I was like, oh dear, (laughs) Really? That? Ha- oh my god! Like yeah. it's. I these are the experiences that I've never thought. It's like or, a reality show. Yeah, it's really good. Is there any example that where you, that made you like whoa? It was like um, a bathhouse. Okay. And um, just there's like certain rules in this bathhouse. Yeah. And like how people act when they're like in like the gym area and then moving into the steam room area. (laughs) So it could be like one other person there or like a group of people there and like how those interactions come to play and like how important like consent is as well and how people know their cues. And I was like, oh, interesting. So everyone's just like, do, 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 do. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like I don't hear those kind of details and not like I want to pry, but I am interested. Yeah. It's like kind of like reality show, right? It's like reality show, but it's like a, like, I guess a human interest in that way or social interest because you want to know there obviously yeah. gay interactions there are similarities to like hetero relationships yeah. but i don't think hetero relationships are that forward totally exactly i mean when you break it down to the root of it it's like gay is because through, it's through sex right it's like that's how yeah that's what defines a gay person right? yeah it's like your, your sexual orientation, yeah, your sexual orientation. Yeah. yeah so it makes sense that like yeah it's kind of it was kind of hot like <laughs> i i'm not gay yeah. but maybe like, i'm gay whoa. now i don't know <laughs> But I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah. steam room. Um, that's not my biggest takeaway, though. Let me tell you that. <laughs> but it was a fun one, though. It right? was a fun one. He yeah. goes back to the Philippines, and then he's, like, reconnecting with his roots again. And, yeah. like, I think, like, through this podcast, too, like, right at, like, today, my mm-hmm. biggest takeaway is, like, I'm also trying to figure that out yeah, for myself. Like, exactly. you ask me all these questions, I'm like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I want to know more, too. Yeah. Like, my family moved here like a long time ago mm-hmm. so it's like my grandma's sister moved in the 60s yeah. and then everyone from the 60s up until like my mom was like late 70s 80s mm-hmm. or 80s um she they, they all migrated here yeah we go visit once a year but like our roots feel more here than there and for i sure. don't want that disconnect no for sure yeah having a better understanding of where you came from yeah yeah so i was talking about that yesterday and we're mm-hmm. talking about like that's such like an overwhelming oh, task. Yeah. The can of worms. So then it's like, where do you start? And she's like, always start with food. Yeah. So like food's the easiest. Totally, like my yeah. grandma cooked at home. So it's now discovering that. And mm-hmm. then maybe language is yeah. another one. And then you can kind of find your way that way. But yeah. like to be like, I need to know everything at this moment. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. I don't know. And then it's, you're, it's you just like yeah. dug yourself a hole. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's why a lot of food shows kind of do so well, right? It's because... I think Eddie Wong talked about it in his like fresh off the boat like YouTube whatever channel like oh, not, yeah. not the actual sitcom but like when he goes yeah, to different my countries. Ch- uh, not my cheese was it Vice? Yeah, it was like his Vice thing, right? 
what he actually, and I think probably Anthony Bourdain also said it as well, but it's just like a lot of understanding a culture or a race is through the food. Like that's one of the best ways to kind of understand like how the history of that culture or that society, you know what I mean? Because where they get their food, how they get their food, why they made the food that way can speak a lot about the history behind that race. So I think that's a great suggestion to start at food to kind of understand. So then after that, I followed up with another, it was like a suggestion that Vancouver Public Library, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, this is going to be my recommendation too. It's called In the Country by Maya Alvar. Okay. It's it's just short stories. Mm -hmm. It's all fiction, but she said they're based out of stories she's heard growing up. Right. um, About uh, Filipinos who have migrated somewhere hmm. and still try to have roots in the Philippines. So it's like yeah. a, a man in uh, New York, someone who were, lived in Iran, because a lot of people like during martial law in the 80s um, and moved or migrated somewhere else Peace for down. like a better life. Mm. Like a lot of people left because of that. Yeah. Um, and so they just talked about their experiences and their journey. So these that are too. actual biography short stories. No, they're all like they're fiction. Oh, they're, they're fiction. They're fiction. So oh. it's based on stories she heard or what, cause she grew up in Byron too, mm-hmm. um, that she knew of. So it could be like a combination of stories altogether, yeah. but it's just like the, this could be someone's story. Oh, for easily. sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's easily relatable. Yeah. There's no positive takeaway. Like it's mm. not as fun as the Mark, um, Matt book or Matt Ortelier book. But this one is like as good in terms of like you want to read more. Yeah. Then you get to the end of the short story and you're like, there has what to happened? be another book yeah. for this. <laughs> totally. And then it goes to the next and then the next. And it's like really, yeah. um, I guess it's more eye opening. Yeah. There you go. Two book recommendations. Yeah, right I've got there. a third one. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, let's hear this it. This is a book show now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. Great. I love that. I, I might want to read that short story one. Yeah, it's it's really it's really good. I was thinking I might just get it because I think it's a good reference point or something just to pull out once in a while to mm-hmm. read one story or two or whatever from it. Yeah, definitely. I love that. That's so great. Okay, um, thank you. I think this like podcast definitely helped with that because no one's ever asked me questions like that before. <laughs> it kind of made you realize. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not talking to Cheryl about like my sister about this. But why would you though, right? We day. don't need to. Yeah. But she's also not questioning that. And I don't yeah. think she feels like the need to at this point. I don't think a lot of people do, to be honest. I don't think the conversations are had that often. I mean, people should have those conversations. Yeah. But I don't think it's happening as much as I think we should have them. I think so. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Especially coming from an outside perspective who is actually really interested in all that kind of stuff. It's like, I want to hear people's perspectives and opinions on like where they came from and like what their perspective is on like an immigrant being an immigrant or like having a family that's made of immigrants. You know what I mean? Like, cause I don't know a lot about Filipino culture. So yeah, me neither. (laughs) I'm finding out. Yeah. I know the like the shallow ones that everyone kind of knows. Totally. Well, some good ones that I'll definitely have to check out. Yeah. In case our listeners aren't really aware, I think we're just going to do just list off a bunch of yeah recommendations and just keep our it last episode was super heavy yeah like so, so heavy i yeah. couldn't even really super listen to it <laughs> so let's uh yeah i'd rather yeah. keep this light as light as i can make it i mean i have a couple somewhat heavy articles um but i'll start off with a good one um okay so i've been watching a lot of youtube and i think youtube is really tracking my algorithms now okay, and they yeah. kind of know what kind of videos i'll watch even though they don't have any relationship with what i've watched before and this one video that i ran into randomly was um somebody did a, a video on youtube about about the 9 p.m canon the oh, 9 p.m canon in stanley park yeah yeah so for those who don't know every day at 9 p.m a cannon goes off in this 
gigantic park in downtown Vancouver called Stanley Park. And it can be heard from like anywhere yeah, in the it's city. Yeah, pretty loud. Yeah. But anyways, I, I watched it. It's called, if you want to like just search it, the title of it is called The Man Who Loads the Nine O'Clock Gun in Stanley Park. And it's by this content creator named Downey Live. D-O-W-N-I-E-L-I-V-E. So anyways, there's a man with his like, a, there's a husband and wife who had kids that actually live in Stanley Park. There's a house in Stanley Park that they live in. And this guy's job, one of his jobs of At is, Stanley Park? Yeah, Stanley Park is to load that nine o'clock cannon every morning. He fills it with gunpowder. Okay. And then he sets the charge. So then by the time 9 p.m. hits, the electrical charge goes off. Oh, see, he actually doesn't have to be there. No, to he doesn't. Yeah, so... It. Have you ever been there at 9 p.m. when the cannon goes off? Um, Maybe like a long time ago. Yeah, so there's nobody there. Okay. Yeah. Well, crazy. But it's every day he has to do so this. So does the cannon actually go off? Is there like a cannonball in there? No, it's just gunpowder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gunpowder makes it noise. I was like, then does he have to swim the <laughs> next day to pick up the cannon? That's what I thought before. It's like, is this an actual cannon that they have to like retrieve the ball every day? <laughs> that poor guy. It's yeah. like winter. Totally. But I was like, that's that's so cool just to see this. I never knew that somebody actually loaded the cannon every day. Yeah, two, no, I didn't either. I didn't know that a husband and wife actually lived inside Stanley Park. I mean, their job, that's that's one of their jobs out of, out of many, but like, it's also like to like maintain the washrooms, just like upkeep, gardening and all that stuff. So how long has he been doing it for? He said he's been doing it for like 20, 30 years. Amazing. So he actually raised a family at, at that, that house, house in Stanley Get Park. Out. So he, you, he takes you into the house and then you see like the pictures of his kids and stuff and just how what the house looks like and I was like whoa what a crazy job to have he's like I love my job he's like I don't see myself like retiring anytime soon but obviously it's like you live in Stanley Park he what's said what's his yeah. name what's the canon man's name I think his name is David okay um I don't remember 100% but yeah um, very cool yeah I just think it was just a really interesting thing to learn I'm 35 now and I lived in BC like my entire life and I never knew that somebody lived in Stanley Park you know and what that I mean? someone had to physically set that up yeah every exactly day. so it was a really cool cool video that I learned um a fun a fun fact okay we're gonna share that that's very interesting a little local story for y'all so you said it was Downey Live? Uh, yeah, really great. It's, it looks like it's a short one too. Yeah, it's only like maybe like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so for those of us living in Vancouver who had lived in Vancouver and know, that 9 p.m. cannon was was taken care of and set up that same day by a man named David who lives in Stanley Park. Really fun story. Why isn't he in Wikipedia? David. He's probably not that relevant, maybe. But the nine o'clock gun is. Yeah. But not David, who supplies. <laughs> exactly. Who makes it happen every day. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> Damn it, David. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. I, I'm going to look at that later. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I have another juicy one that Ooh. I definitely want to talk to you about. And I held back on talking to you about it because I was like, I want this to be a surprise. But. You went to the steam room and I you did. know what Matt Orsley is talking about. <laughs> you know we about. have steam rooms all over Vancouver all over the city, right? There's one actually right by me. Like a gentleman's steam yeah, room? Yeah, a bathhouse. Just for men? Yeah. I don't know if they're open now because of COVID and everything, but I remember when I used to take them. There's a bus stop that's literally right outside the entrance. So when I used to take the bus, I was like looking, I was like, oh, that guy just came out of the bathhouse. <laughs> For the record, I could never go there. I'm way too of an introvert to be able to expose myself like that in any way. But like it's steamy in there. No one can really yeah, see and the cues are different. But we're, irregardless. Irregardless. <laughs> that is something that's 
I can't even hook up with somebody. I'm Let just going to wear my shirt in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the people who wear their t-shirts and they go the in the pool. pool yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. No, it gets so cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun little fact. Yeah, that I, remember, I used to love waiting at that bus stop because I could always peep at the people who actually walk in and walk out. Oh, you! Yeah. And that guy who walked right behind And they you. try to act all, like, nonchalant about it. You know what I mean? But you know that they know that people are watching there's them. a spring in their step yeah. afterwards. <laughs> exactly. I or, didn't know that. Or had... they're waddling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that happens in steam rooms. Okay, anyways, moving on. I don't want to get sidetracked here. But okay, yeah. did you know one of your most favorite places... The Vancouver Aquarium. Yep. Did you hear about the story about yeah, that? Yeah, I did. They recently got bought out, bought out by a US American company. mega corporation. So did you actually do any research in regards I did. To I heard an interview on CBC. Okay, great. So, so they have other um, marine or, yeah. z- or aquariums. So the company that bought them, their name was Hershend. Yeah. Um, Hershend Family Entertainment corporation these fellas are a like theme park family entertainment zone dolly parton has yeah mega corporation so yeah dollywood is one of them um they have another place called silver dollar city wild adventures theme park kentucky kingdom and hurricane bay the list goes on what else did you find out so of course like when i read it i was like okay there from what i heard vancouver aquarium had some really good pr like they partnered up with ocean wise yeah they did a lot of research it was more like a research center than an actual like amusement park uh, amusement park what's the attraction yeah what's that what's that one that gets like dragged to the ground Um, all the time marine world yeah marine world yeah sea world like those ones they said they're not like that yeah like so it actually had a pretty good reputation right they rescued like hurt injured sea animals and yeah and then they put them back in the yeah the wild wild. yeah so i was like okay i gotta find out like what the plan is for this because it feels like such a cop-out if they sold to a company that obviously doesn't even support the same values and everything right and the best way to find out about all that stuff is to read the comments so vancouver aquarium posted about the bio on instagram so i was reading the comments and it actually got a few answers that that might tell me tell, might be interesting so one person said what does that mean for the standards the aquarium has upheld i've been to ocean parks in the states and it's horrendous vancouver aquarium responded by saying for more than a decade Hershen has owned and operated two well-respected aquariums that have been continuously accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. The gold standard in animal welfare, education, conservation, and professional leadership. Hershen intends to remain true to the aquarium's founding principles. So, I don't know how I feel about that. Because Hershen owns tons of theme parks and tons of like water parks and so, all that stuff. So, the interview on CBC, they talked to the owner or mm-hmm. like the head CEO or the head of, of the company of Hershen and um, the CEO or the head person yeah. at Vancouver Aquarium. Yeah. So they actually know each other yeah. because of the community. It's so right. small really mm-hmm. in like aquarium or right. like marine life. Mm-hmm. And Hershen and that guy, they're actually like colleagues and mm-hmm. they, they discuss things and they said Vancouver Aquarium is one of the, the best in the world and they like look up to them. Yeah. And what they're doing is not so much influence but funding and hoping to bring back like this is like a very shiny yeah, yeah. image of it yeah bring back the people they'll operate still how they would they they're just still giving do them money they're just giving money and, and they profits. want to be part of it they've always wanted to be part of vancouver aquarium mm-hmm. and because of covid yeah they were going to close down yeah. and they had been talking 
Got it. So when they heard that they were going to be closing down, they all like connected and like was trying to figure out how they can make it work. Right. So, I mean. It sounded positive. Yeah, it sounded positive. It was positive. like a maybe a 20 minute interview with both of them and they addressed a lot of the issues, yeah. but everything is going to be the same. So Hershen doesn't plan on changing anything essentially. No. Right? Yeah, totally. There's going to be like an open house where um, like residents mm-hmm. can participate and ask questions yeah. and he'll be there for that as well. So kind of branching off of that, uh, somebody had also asked, what does that mean for employees? Is a new employee employer going to attempt to save funds by skimping on wage. BC is one of the most expensive places to live. And with the foreign owner, how do we demand fair livable pay for the workers of the aquarium? I mean, mm, the, like Vancouver, yeah, Vancouver Aquarium was getting hit hard on their Instagram when they posted this. Yeah. And Vancouver Aquarium responded by saying, Hershen tends to keep local staff and management to run operations and decision making for the aquarium, which is kind of backing up what yeah. you said. I mean, they're they're repeating the same thing. Um, And then just want to call out one last thing was, I don't know if you got this email or if you're signed up for Vancouver Aquarium, but they had actually sent out an email about this. The email from Vancouver Aquarium said, when the Ocean Wise Board initiate the process of finding a partner to ensure the long-term success and sustainability of the aquarium, we weren't interested in any partner. We were interested in the right partner. One who shared the Vancouver Aquarium's values, understood what makes it so special, and appreciates the unique significance of our aquarium in the local and national communities. Yada, yada, yada. They also said, I'm also pleased to share that Ocean Wise Conservation Association will continue Continue yeah. as an independent charitable nonprofit. Its important work will continue to be supported by the Vancouver Cram through a commitment by Hershend to make an annual donation of one percent of gross profit profits That's towards amazing. ocean-wide conservation education programs. But then I somebody also did get that email. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> so then one other thing that was following up from somebody else had said this this email kind of swerves around the main question of whether or not Vancouver Aquarium is going to continue to be a research animal rescue and rehabilitation center foremost Mm. and it's true like they didn't full out answer that from the sounds of what they said on the news and yeah. through this it's like nothing's like, going to change yeah they just have funding now and obviously Hershen's going to make profits off of that funding but the other thing that's kind of disappointing as well is like okay a huge vancouver staple is now owned by an american company yeah it's like another thing opened owned by an american company yeah totally so it's kind of disappointing in that way but at the same time it's it great that they're opening around up. Yeah. yeah and they're not going to like turn into another marine world or something like that yeah i don't know i always feel so about yeah, that like, i agree like whistler black home that's American. Yeah, exactly. This is American. Everything's American I know. on Canadian soil. Like it makes me feel, wow, but I don't have a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, I can't just buy it. Exactly. But yeah. it's like, why do you like our billionaires or whatever or mega rich people in Vancouver step up to the plate? Like Chip Wilson? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, that's like, they just want to keep it for them. This is not something exactly. they want to give back to. And there's like a lot of rich people in yeah, Vancouver that live here. They just want to keep it for themselves. Totally. And at the same time, it's like just because a Vancouver person buys a company or a Vancouver corporation buys a company doesn't mean they'll be able to maintain the same values That's that true. person is committing to. So, and from what I know with a lot of Vancouver people, a lot yeah. of them are douchey douches, totally. like the rich. <laughs> I always think about those pizza pizza guys. Yeah. They're like, I make $5 billion yeah, a totally. year. And I was like, oh. So cringy. That really is. So when I think of like rich white people, I'm like, oh, those, those guys. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I think people who were born privileged like that yeah. are disconnected from the reality. Well, I'm sure life. they got they were able to get away with a lot of things. Yeah, totally. And that's why they act the way they do. Yeah. But yeah, um, just thought I'd share that. Two local things. Yeah. That's great because I didn't really have anything. The other one I had was like super depressing. It was like real estate. And then there was an interview that happened um, a few weeks ago. I'll just be really quick about yeah, it. But about it. Um, it's ba- 
basically it was an interview that aired on TVO. It's an Ontario media company. Okay. And they spoke with the MP Adam Vaughn, mm-hmm. who was discussing discussing housing po- um, policy. So basically, he says the Canada. You know, we've seen an increase in um, real estate prices. Yes. Like it's insane. Like thirty to forty percent. Right. Um, up this year. Mm-hmm. But he said it's not great for locals, right? But it's good for foreign investors, right? And and he made it sound like it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing for Canada. Like Canada as a whole, there's no plans on like regulating the market. If anything, it's just going to go up. Mm-hmm. Like then the person doing the interview was like, "Hey, can you drop it down like ten percent? It gives people a chance. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the difference if it's going up 30 40 percent? What's ten percent? It's like, well, now we're thinking about people who are using their home as like a retirement." Mm-hmm. Like now they're going to lose in their investment. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so if you have money to buy a place, you're yeah. good. Yeah. But if now no one can buy a place, like no one can enter the market as first time buyers. Exactly. And then he said the, that they should drop the incentives as well for first time buyers because it doesn't help them when things change. Or, yeah. yeah. So, and it's only going to go up and he's okay with that. And then talked about the housing bubble that happened in Ontario few years ago that it affected the developers Mm -hmm. and then in turn affected the people who had like insured a spot there because now they had to put more money in to ensure that this place was going to get built. Right. So it's like first time buyers get these incentives. Like a tax-free incentive or something like that. Yeah, like if it's under a certain price, like you get a break or something Mm -hmm. like that. So then these people in Ontario had put the deposit down, but then the market crashed, the bubble popped, and then, um, so then the market changed and now there was no demand for for new condos. Right. So the developer's like, hey, we don't have enough money to build it. And if you want to... If you want us to build this, you need to give us more money. Mm-hmm. So then now they're scrambling to get more money and it doesn't help anybody. And those are usually the first time buyers. Yeah. So anyways, I think we were talking about real estate too. Like yes. you don't want to buy into it. No. <laughs> and that's like the way to go. So the biggest takeaway from this um, is Canada's housing crisis is far from an accident. Yeah. The government has a firm belief they're in charge of home pricing and will prevent them from falling. Uh, I, that, I, I feel like it's a bit vague. Like, you're not really doing anything to incentivize me to want to buy a place. You know what I mean? Well, exactly, because it's not for locals yeah, to buy. Exactly. It's for foreigners to buy. And then they were like, if you if they truly believe that, then that they can control the prices, then this indicates the 40% increase is in prices is no accident and it was intentional and it's more affecting like the next generation. Like obviously m- millennials and then ones that come after could never afford a home. Yeah, totally. I mean, you said it's such a high price already, but you... So a, um, a, a junior suite in my building, mm-hmm. so it's like, I think it's around 500 suite. There's a junior is like no bedrooms. Okay. But there's a solarium, so they call that kind of like a bedroom. That's what, I don't know, junior suite, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it sold for like 590 or something on my floor. Yeah. There's like no room. It's like a bathroom and a large room and a kitchen. So it's like a bachelor's. Yeah, it's like a studio, I yeah. guess. Junior studio. I'm junior maybe because it's smaller. Yeah. But like, that's so crazy. <laughs> no bedroom and it's like 600. Yeah, like honestly for me, like the whole pricing thing, it's like, it, it's a foreign language to me. Like, I don't know what's considered good and what's considered bad. So if you think about like, um, say the 90 or even the early 2000s, like yeah. you could get a one bedroom apartment. I think you could see pricing from, if you Google it, but uh, anyways, for pretty cheap it's like a hundred thousand dollars yeah someone bought their home in the 90s 
in like the Fraser Valley for like under a hundred thousand. But like prices go up, like yeah, sure, inflation. But like if we're going, someone made a comment, like if we're going by the standard inflation, the standards rate. right now yeah. of how it's going. So it's like the house she bought. I think there's, I think her example is Point Grey, one hundred and twenty in like the eighties. Mm-hmm. Now it's priced at like three point something million, mm-hmm. and then forty years from now, it's going to be seventy five million dollars. <laughs> so. To buy a house yeah. 40 years from now, you need 75 million. If we're following the same trend. like yeah. trend and the equation of mm-hmm. 40%, then that's where we're heading. Right. Detached homes at 75 million. In Port Grey. But Port Grey is like prime real estate. Well, okay. Now look at um, East Van. Okay. Those Vancouver house specials. Yeah. They're like $2 million. Yeah. And I'm sure they bought it for like 100000 back in the day. They're all teardowns at the end of the day. Like That's true. Like... You only want the land. Yeah, anyway. exactly. But anyways, that's just like ridiculous. Yeah, I hear you. It's like it's for a first time buyer in Vancouver who's not the top 1%. Owning a place is like next to impossible unless you're willing to dig yourself deeper. If you bought it pre-pandemic, like pre-COVID, mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to digest yeah definitely don't know what to say anyways yeah no i think renting's a good idea (laughs) yeah it's personal preference i guess like some people see a lot of value in owning a place and find it it's like it's it's worth it to like to have a mortgage you know what i mean because it is it's treated as equity at the end of the day right? yeah totally there are benefits to having that i just for me i think what what kind of makes me not attracted to it is that the the long-term debt that you'll have to carry from with the mortgage you know what i mean yeah they're like 20 years yeah but i guess if your down payment's big if you just say like a mortgage is the same thing as rent yeah. Except you're paying somebody else's mortgage. Like, I get where that's coming from. The upside for me in renting is that I don't have to pay maintenance fee. Yeah. And I don't have to pay if something happens. <laughs> yeah, true. And it, yeah. you're not locked in for 20 yeah. plus years either. And you can piece out whatever you want. So, I mean, the, the downside is that if I do want to move, like, I have really good rent. Right. So yeah. if I want to move somewhere else, how how much beneficial is to pay rent versus just having a mortgage? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at the rate that rent prices are like, is that equivalent to a mortgage or not? OK, no, that's true, too. So like mortgage plus your maintenance fee, is that the same as what the rent prices are right now? I guess that's kind of where I'm coming at. I would say it would equate to be the same. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like your mortgage and your stuff is like determined by your down payment, right? So that's true. That's another thing. But I think there are, I don't know if they, like you said, like the incentives that are being offered to first time buyers does help, but I don't think it's enough to make it, to make your down payment worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it also caps at like 600, like if it can't be over that. Right. So then you're still looking at like a junior. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, or a, like a one bedroom maybe. Yeah. So like you're, you make a lot of sense is that the incentives don't really make sense. No. For first time buyers. It's not really set up for somebody like me to buy a place. You know what I mean? I said, it's like, what is the benefit? Like why, why do people want to own a place so bad? I don't know. I think it helps them maybe feel like they're footed in a certain place. Yeah. But the way like our rental agreements are, like yeah. it's really hard for a landlord to kick somebody out. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely yeah. for the tenant. Totally. Which kind of adds to your point that maybe the system is set up for renters and not for buyers. You know what I mean? Like I've heard horror stories about landlords trying to get rid of tenants. Oh and- my gosh. Yeah, me too. Well, I think you're right to do that. Yeah. I mean, only because I have good rent and I have a good location. <laughs> the thing with the good rent too, it's mm-hmm. like now you've got some income to do what you want mm-hmm. and then your quality of life is like much higher than someone who's like having to pay their mortgage yeah. and then worry about that, like vacation, like when we can vacation mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. Like your quality of life is like much better. Yeah. Like for me, it's like if I have like a surplus of money, like I don't have to feel guilty about it. maybe I should just dump this into my mortgage just to shave off a couple months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Adulting is... 
tart. I'm figuring it out right now. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck to you and to I. Well, you know, I think I think everybody has their own way of figuring life out. Everybody's version of it is not the same as everybody else's. It's true. I, mean? so. I think, like, even my parents' expectations, oh, like, yeah. theirs is totally different from Mars now. 100%. Yeah, like, my mom hassles me all the time about buying a place, you know what I mean? But I don't... And she she can wrap her head around my perspective. Why would I want to own a place, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. So... This is what you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. no, I get it. That's how I feel, too. Like, we live in a one-bedroom. It's yeah. fine. And it's me we talked about this too but i feel like the pressure we need to move to a two bedroom but right now this is working i like that we're by the water yeah exactly if it's working and it's then it works yeah it's where i'm (laughs) I'm not like constantly thinking about a second bedroom totally or like oh my god we need space like oh you're like here again 100 percent. so it's it's not quite like that and i kind of like the idea of living in a yeah smaller space too i agree like i don't think people should let society dictate what they should and shouldn't do there's a lot of pressure though yeah there is i mean have a yard or something yeah i mean and also today's society of like social media stuff it's like it's hard not to to determine your your successes based on what other people have and are achieved or like their living their lifestyle you know what i mean but at the end of the day if you're content and happy like i think that's what's most important and i think people need to really lower their the bar you know a lot lower and not be so unrealistic and hard on themselves you know what i mean totally most important is that like you're you can say that you're content with what you have a funny not funny story but like one anecdote that i heard through my meditations is that you know think about all the goal posts goal posts that you've set in your life you know what i mean from when you're young to now it's like every time you hit that goal post you only move your goal post out further you know mm. what i mean you never stop when you hit that goal post no we keep going you're constantly looking you're constantly hitting that goal post and then throwing it out one. like another hundred yards yeah. or whatever you know what i mean so it's like when you hit your next goal post Think about all the ones you've the, hit. You've hit, past. right? Put that, and that kind of will help put things into perspective. I find, you know what I mean. So I'm really learning to like slow down, like realize why can't I be more appreciative about what I have and what I've achieved right now versus like always constantly looking towards the next achievement yeah. that I need to have or the next thing that I need to like compare myself to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that's hard though. Yeah, so I'm trying to do that. It's like not living in the moment because you're always somewhere else. Yeah, you're always looking for the best of the best. You know what I mean? The And then better than this person, better than that person. And like, how do you improve this? You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I don't know. A little... It's good that you're meditating. It's like you're taking care <laughs> oh, yeah. of yourself. I've been meditating for like over a year now. Well, good for you. It's great. Like, I think it's really helped me be more present and like mindful of what I do sometimes or the thought process that I spiral myself into so that and therapy has helped oh yeah no therapy <laughs> god bless them yeah exactly uh yeah no good for you find that meditation and get so just fall asleep I mean it depends on when you're doing it as well yeah it's right? usually when I'm gonna go to sleep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I don't meditate but I always think about doing it I used to before yeah I, I mean, it's not for everybody, time. but if you can, it's really important. I think it just helps you be comfortable with being in the present. And like, I think there's a lot of negative connotations with meditation and people thinking you can't think of things, like you can't get distracted by thoughts, but that's quite the opposite. Like thoughts are going to happen regardless. Like you can't sit still for 30 seconds without thinking of something. It's impossible the way our minds are set up. Yeah. What's most important is to recognize that that thought is just a thought. So and when then, you're meditating then, yeah. how long do you do it for? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And yeah. do you have like a guided meditation that you listen through? Yes. And then it's going through the steps with you then? Uh, Not necessarily going through the steps, but it's more like he'll start you off, like sit down, close your eyes or keep your eyes open. And then he'll just every so often like say something, but it's usually like silent for most of the time. Yeah. And then at the end, he just like kind of brings you back. Yeah. He'll be like, okay, in your final minute, just clear your mind and just observe. So are you ever thinking about like 
really crazy things? Am I thinking about really yeah. crazy things? Like, what are, are you thinking about anything? I'm, I'm not thinking about anything, but things will, I will just randomly, I can't control not yeah. that, that part. So things, thoughts do come into my head for sure. But for me, it's just like, I've gone to the point where it's like, okay, oh, that's a thought. And then you kind of shift back. Yeah. But then when you realize that's a thought, the thought isn't a thought anymore. Okay. It ceases to exist because you're not in the thought. Does mm. that make sense? You've, You've kind just of, recognized it yeah. and you're it moves on yeah exactly and you move on too yeah so then you can go a bit i mean i think i'm going getting a bit hippy dippy here but now you can start thinking okay where is this thought coming from who is the thinker behind this thought so then you kind of start looking more inwards mm. um yeah, that's there's, great there's little tricks that you can learn like that but i highly recommend it for people i think it's a underrated hobby that people need to take more advantage of yeah totally yeah hobby it's like a lifestyle yeah and all it takes is 30 days to build it into your routine Okay, so yeah. do you do it in the morning? Yeah, every day. Yeah, not like right away when I wake up, like maybe like 10 minutes after I wake up, I'll do that. And it's like on Spotify, you're listening? Um, you... It's an app that I, I think I recommended it before. It's by Con? Sam. No. Yeah, it's called um, Sam Harris. It's like a Sam Harris. That's He's like a neuroscientist and something like that, but yeah. he has his own app and he does it. Okay, cool. Yeah. That could be a recommendation. Yeah, I did think I recommended it. Okay, did you? Did oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you didn't listen to <laughs> yeah. it. You were thinking about something else. Yeah, I thought came and I was like, oh, girl, I am going to eat that later. Yeah. Okay, well, I feel like we had a lot of recommendations, yeah. but do you want to recommend anything? Do you want to like a sour, a sweet, whatever you want? Um, No. No? I don't have a sour. I guess my sours are always the same kind of sour as like people not wearing the mask correctly, yeah. leaving shit on the ground. Okay, so Isa started biking. Yeah. And someone didn't pick up after a dog. And I was like, this is the second day of Issa biking. Let me tell you the first day. Yeah. Girl would keep breaking. <laughs> so we were going break, break. And yeah. she wouldn't get that her legs the rhythm. going. Yeah. The second day, she finally picked it up. She was breaking a little bit. And mm-hmm. then it was very like slow moving and I was helping her. There was dog shit on the sidewalk. Yeah. And I said, stop, there's dog shit. No, she went right, right through it, both tires. And I was like, dear dog. Jesus! I was just screaming like, "Dear Lord, there's shit all over your tires." Did she know? Yeah, she I, she knew because I said, "Get off the bike, cleaning the shit off." So I got her water bottle. I just screwed it off. Did and that then, work? Yeah, it was like fresh shit. So oh. someone just let their dog take a shit. Oh, it's human shit. Or he just some dude just took a shit or, or girl she. Yeah. took a shit. They. and then they them. Took a shit and then I just swiped it on the grass. But like, thank God she picked it up on the second day because I was like, God, I am not ready for this. <laughs> Jesus, I am not ready. And then yeah. she was like with the handlebars, like so crazy. So yeah. she'd like want to steer it like a wheel. Doing fishtails. Yeah. And she would like fall off. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. She's learning. Though. I know she is learning. I don't. I didn't have the patience to do it. Like, Move your legs. Oh, my God. Shit! I was like swearing. I was like, I'm so sorry, Isa. I'm not ready for this. But can you imagine, like, flip the perspective? You riding this crazy contraption <laughs> yeah. with the intelligence of a three year old. Yeah, you want me to move my legs and balance on this yeah, thing? Yeah, exactly. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I get it though. It's like you just you just want them to get it. Just so get bad. it. Yeah. It's like move your legs like this. So in the store, she was moving her legs. And then yeah. when we got out to the wheel, she was like, break. break. <laughs> <laughs> Isa, this is the motion. You got it? She's like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. I was like, oh, break. I was like, oh my God. And yeah. then she got it second day. Thank the Lord. Because if there's a third day, I was telling her, I don't think you're ready. Let's go back to the balance bike. Yeah. So she's good now. That's all we do. She wants to ride her bike all the time. All right. Well, that's your sour then. 
And my sour is <laughs> shit on the ground. Yeah. Ugh. I just want to add to that that's also my sour is I've been hiking. Oh no. And it frustrates the shit in me how people leave their doggy poop bags just oh on my the gosh. side of the trails. There's this guy who started putting flags next to them yeah, in it's Vancouver. Like ridiculous. Did it's you like, see that guy? No, but it's like how it kind of goes back to the story about the whole like recycling thing where people just don't give a shit about how they recycle. Same thing. Just people have no 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 awareness of how stupid that fucking is. Yeah, so this guy just puts flags on like what the fuck yeah. dog owner. I mean, does that really do anything, though? Yeah, well, maybe it sets an example. I don't know if it does. My yeah. friend, this dog owner, would let her dog take a shit, like, on her yard. Yeah. And then she recorded him or took a photo, and then she put the photo in her yard. Yeah, like, I would I too. see you. Yeah. This is not the first shit I've seen on no my doubt. yard. I think that works for sure, because now you're publicly shaming someone you did that, yeah. which I'm all for if they're totally. doing shitty things Me like too. that. But sticking a flag that says, like, what the fuck on a poopy bag? Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess it kind of brings him to don't do that. And also maybe this helps him release his own yeah, anger. totally. I agree. But that was my sour. It was that don't oh, leave yeah, your shit. shitty doggy poop bags on the on a fucking trail. It's like, if you're going to bring your dog on a hike, yeah. then... You take that shitty yeah, bag with you. Take that shitty bag with you. And you throw that yeah, out. Yeah, or don't take your dog. Like, yeah. Straight up. Like, be responsible. Like, dogs don't know any better. Yeah, it's on you, man. Ugh, I feel sick just yeah. thinking about that. The worst. We All right. are the worst. Well, to get over your sick, what's your sweet? Uh, sweet. If you have one. If you don't have one, it's okay. Um, yeah, I do have one. So since the pandemic, yeah. I've been watching like CTV. I mean, I think I told you CTV's With Mi Jung, Mi Jung <laughs> yeah. and Scott Roberts, yeah. six o'clock news. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I record it if I want to like obviously watch it later. Yeah. So at the end of their newscast mm-hmm. is um, it's called The Last Word. Mm-hmm. And it's by this guy named Mike McArdle, who has the ability to create a story out of nothing. I swear to God, nothing. There's birdhouses in a tree. Story out of that. He finds someone to talk to. The story is like yeah. five minutes long. Story. Yeah. Another kid was like on a scooter. They're going to go up for lunch. Story there. They interview the family. There's a story. There's a yeah. story everywhere. And yeah. I think it just highlights that if you take the time to get to know somebody, mm-hmm. like you can connect already. Well, We're not sure. just a bunch of strangers. No. Even in that like two minutes or five minutes, there's... Mm-hmm is something there right and i just think it's amazing his yeah. ability to do that like he saw a guy sitting on the bench reading that was a conversation there yeah he had you... no sock he had no shoes on and it was just like a conversation talking about the library is that the whole is that his whole like shtick is that like you meet somebody and then you build a story out of that somebody i guess so like he he'll find okay so here's another one there is he usually goes to like the West End, mm-hmm. the beach, or um, the art gallery. I keep yeah. telling Coleman, it's like, oh, we're just going to hang out there all day <laughs> until he finds us. Yeah. Um, but like, for instance, he found someone who was doing like a metal detector yeah. at the beach and they found a coin and right. he was like, this coin belongs to someone. I see a name engraved. And then they followed it up because they found the person it belonged to and it all had its own story. So I think it's like a three part segment to like find who it was, <laughs> where it was from. And then it found out it was like a World War One veteran who was a nurse and it was her like medal or something. That's amazing. So they found the family. So just like it is, it's yeah. like, um, I guess like slice of life. But I think that's what news People's- needs to be. You know what I mean? Like more of that, less of sensationalized, hyper, like exaggerated stories yeah. that, that are on repeat on every other news source. Yeah, that's right. So his is like the the kind of the cherry on the, the top. Silver of lining. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that. Mike McArdle. So I think you can watch some of his videos online on YouTube too. and stuff. Like yeah, that. good to know. So that's my sweet. Cool. I like that one. Um, my sweet isn't local per se, but I've always had this fascination with like um, I don't know if it's like webcams are the white word, but just like surveillance cameras. 
I know. Well, like those CCTV yeah, ones. CCTV There's stuff. no sound, but yeah. like it's just like. But sometimes a... there are sounds. So, anyways. Okay, yeah. Exactly. So, I back then they used to have them on TV and I'd just watch them and just ponder about the people I yeah. see in those videos. Anyways, YouTube has this section called live. So, when you click on, when you go to YouTube, there's a button that you, like a filter that you can press where it shows you all the live videos that are going on. Oh, interesting. So YouTube has, I don't know if you know that, but YouTube allows content creators to just do live videos. But a lot of those videos on there are actually like CCTV things, right? So especially like now during a time when COVID-19, there's travel restrictions and we can't really travel anywhere. Yeah. Um, I've been going on YouTube and just like watching a lot of the live CCTV stuff. So what is it of? Like so, ATM machine? No, not like that. <laughs> that would be really cool. No, I would totally watch that. Like, just seeing how much they're taking out <laughs> or how much they can't take out, which would also be sad. Regardless, I've been watching like Hawaii has a lot of uh, live CCTV cameras. So like I've been watching stuff at Maui, stuff at like, like at the Waikiki So it's just Beach. like black and white? No, no. They're so like they're full color right and some have sound to them as well. So you can like hear the sound of the ocean, oh, hear people. I've been watching a lot of like uh, beaches in Thailand where they just have like live uh, cameras up. Like the hotels usually have them, right? Yeah. Just listening to people talking on the beach, listening to the sounds of the waves and the music. Oh, interesting. Um, Italy also has a ton ton of them in on like the streets and yeah, stuff. Like in Venice, um, in like New York Times Square, I mean oh, sorry. Yeah. And just see all the people there, listen to them. Do you see anything interesting? No, but it's interesting to see how many people are like just gathering there. Okay. Even now, right? And just like the crowds of people, a lot of them aren't wearing masks, but some of them are wearing masks and just like even like late at night, like sometimes I'll be up to like I don't know, like one thirty in the morning and I'll just be like watching it. <laughs> I guess they're like, I'm a, oh, they're gonna hook up. These I guess two. I'm a bit of a voyeur in that sense, but it's like I really enjoy. Yeah, people watching. It's like I'm. It's like I. Yeah, people watching. Exactly. Yeah. That's literally what it is. Um. So if you enjoy people watching, <laughs> I highly recommend you check out YouTube Live. Okay, I'm gonna check it out now. Yeah. I, I don't mind the CCTV ones. Like I've seen some security cams of people getting rescued, which yeah. is cool. Usually those don't have sound, mm-hmm. but that's as far as it goes. I yeah. used to like watching the security camera of our elevator. Yeah, same. I used to too when like, I had oh, a TV. It's friend is that? Yeah, because you could see like your front door, your back door, your elevators, and all that. Yeah, it's really interesting. It is really interesting. Why not? It's kind of like yes, spy voyeuristic kind of like yeah. I really like that. Um, They also have one like in Japan, like street views. You can actually go on like trains and like see live trains going through like Europe and stuff, or like Switzerland. Um, They have stuff of like the volcano that's erupting in Iceland. Yeah, it's still erupting. That's so crazy. I know it's crazy. People get so close up to it too. They had videos where people were like literally like having a picnic right by. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Volcano because they don't know it could get worse. Yeah, and then it's over for all of them. Yeah, well, they're just deep fried human. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And on that note. get to see that live yeah so that's my suite that's a pretty um, good suite yeah it's kind of like offbeat random yeah, yeah random the deep dark hole of youtube you the can find deep, a lot dark of cool web. things you know when i hear that i always think like someone's getting murdered oh yeah they have those too oh my god <laughs> not no. youtube okay yeah. i was like ah i don't yeah. want to hear about it but yeah all right so i guess that wraps up episode 49 um, do you want to sing us out uh yeah this is gonna be just as fun as last time all right when I didn't have anything <laughs> revealed. This is episode 49. We didn't drink anyone, but we had some fun and it's okay. We'll see you next time when it's episode 50 Otay. Oh, well done. You saved yourself right there. Yeah, and no, I got nervous. Like, Mucho impressed. <laughs> thank you. I was like, how are you going to get yourself out of this one? All right. Like Otay. Okay, you did it.
Okay, well, I guess that wraps up episode 49. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. Of course, five stars only, mm-hmm. please. Because if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Follow us on Instagram at yellowpackaging604. And as always, we're on all the podcast platforms. So listen to us wherever and wherever. Don't forget to wear your mask and properly. It has to cover your nose, yeah, too. Yeah, make sure please you wear a mask that, that covers your nose. And yeah. sanitize your hands. Yeah, always. All right, stay safe, stay sanitized, stay sexy. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.